Welcome to Conviction Strong Radio, the podcast that gives you the empowerment tools and subject matter experts you need to navigate that winding and sometimes bumpy road of life with a strong mind, strong body, and strong spirit. And now, the guys that know the way to Awesome Town, Craig Heisel and Jake Walsh. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conviction Strong Radio. I'm your host, Craig Heisel. With me, as always, is the best-looking man in podcast history, Jake Walsh. Jake? Let me stop you right there. Can I? Can you say hi, everybody? Hello, everyone. My name is Jake. I can't wait till we have this on video so people can see. By the way, I'm not wearing underwear. Can you see? I can. I, I didn't want to bring it up. You I'm can glad see. you did. You can see. Now we can move forward. Weird things. Lots of skin in here. <laughs> So today, gang, we are going to talk about recovery in a sense. Yeah. Uh, the power of stepping back, I think a little bit, the power of a hiatus or a sabbatical because what, well, a I'll, tactical I'll, pause, if you will. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, because it's got an intelligent yeah, reason it's to, right, it, it's not very stop. Right, it's not it's not a quit, it's not a uh I'm not sure. It's a very predetermined uh strategic even uh recovery centered um step back. So last uh last show we talked about quitting. Um and not condoning it, but we did talk about <laughs> right, it. Right. We're actually pretty much against that. But um Unless there's some toxic affiliation involved, one of the things that well, I'll just I'll just talk about you know where I'm coming from, Jake, and then I don't know if you can fill in or anything, but uh, getting too spread out sometimes, um, too strung out on too spread out on what you all of your goals and missions, and then feeling too strung out to actually get anything done. Um. New ideas can be quite intoxicating and fun, you know. That's all the creativity, all the all the groovy stuff, all the novel, and the exciting. surface levels. Like people will always, a lot of people when they're starting a business, um, they'll they'll come up to me and they'll show me their logo. You know, I got a new logo. That's awesome. You know, what are your values and what's your mission? Yeah, I don't know. We haven't thought about that yet. Right. Or it's this long-winded... But you did see the logo, right? Overarching... Right. So, you know, the initial stages are fun, but the the meat, the foundation... um, That's where people pack it in. Well, I think it takes a... To to be honest, unless you're really... um, Unless you're really good at at business, um, that takes a long time to find out what your... Your business will morph. You'll have your idea of what it's in my... And in, in, in my experience, the business with all the owners that I talk to, you you have what you think it'll be, and then you have um, what you hope it'll be, and then you have what it becomes, and then that becomes, you know, the source of your strength, and you kind of find your your niche, your niche, your niche, and you kind of push forward on that. Um, I, I attribute it's like there's the screenplay, then you, there's the movie you shoot, and then there's the editing, and you know those are oh, three okay. different, those are three different things. But so I've been getting strung out on a lot of different 
my life's been moving really fast for the last year. I haven't been able to be uh, in all the places I want to be as well as I want to be in them. So some some things have to start. Um, nice clove hitch. Textbook. <laughs> some things have to start um, being put into compartments so that I can operate more effectively. And part of that is, you know, taking a hiatus from a couple things, um, which I'm sure we'll elaborate on here in a little bit. But the a, str- a strategic step back, a reevaluation on moving, how to move forward later, um, a pause where you just kind of re-energize yourself, rejuvenate yourself. Um, sometimes we get so entrenched in what we're doing, we forget. We can't see the forest because of the trees are in the way. Yeah, or it's called the elephant syndrome or something. You, you, you're you too close to see right. the whole elephant. All you see is the wrinkly skin. Right, right. So, and it, it um, well, one, it can lead to that um, you get stuck in a rut type thing, mentally and physically. Um, two, it, uh, um, you, like you were saying, you get spread too thin, so you you're doing ten different things, but with ten percent in each one. So really, nothing's getting done. You're nothing. continuously busy, a hamster in the wheel, just spinning. But nothing big ever gets done. So there's zero reinvestment into yourself. There's no um, furthering of knowledge. There's no. Right. Um, I don't even. It's just there's a whole bunch of stuff. It's that's a slippery in my in my mind. It's. And what I see from it's slippery because we are in kind of a more is better, you know, grind, do 24 seven, you know, keep going. But if it's, if you're too, if you have your fingers in too many holes and you don't know how to manage all that, the systems aren't set up, the foundation's not set up to support all that, then you're going to fall. Like you're not on shark tank, right? You're not, you're not Mark Cuban, you know, not yet. Maybe you could be if that's what you want, but, his systems are set up where he can manage these pe- these businesses and, and the people that work for him in ways that, you know, he has a fantastic, I'm sure, span of control, you know. Good. Span of control is anywhere from one to seven people under your charge. Um, Used five, a lot in the military, you see, or paramilitary organizations. Right. Five being optimal. You know, corporate America also, but corporate America is a little more middle heavy. Right. Um but well, the military is now too, arguably. But what you're saying with span of control is each person's in charge of one to seven other people, right. allowing for more structured dissemination of information and culture and and the ability to get more work done. Right, because you you're know, not we're having focused to on focus on 25 people. Right. You're focused on four people, each individually focused on f- six people. Right, right. So um, that's a I think that's a huge thing. I mean, it's really beneficial. So if you do get too spread out, so let's just carry that a little bit further. If your span of control is uh, five to seven ideas, you know, again, that's a lot of work. If you're going to do, you know, more of the one or two, you know, maybe three. You know, I have actually, you know, there's three kind of tracks in in my working life, which... You know, I need more room for my family. Yeah. Ron Swanson always says, 
never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Right, right. That's a great quote to remember. So that would be ideal, either, but I think what he was saying is no one to pull back. Right, and you can either add more layers, right, or you can pull back. And again, for me, um, I step back this week. I, I read a. Gr- I just finished a great book called Tribal Leadership, and I was working on um, our company's values. Right, like. What are our values as a company? And then I ask, well, I'm like, well, what are my values? You know, well, what do I operate from? And I thought about it for about three or four days. No, almost a week before I sat down and wrote down my, and when I wrote it down, you know, I have five values that I operate from and it's, Did I mean, they came right out of me, boom, right on paper. Oh, okay. And it was nothing, I didn't, you know. It's not a laundry list. I can rattle off my values in 10 seconds or less. I know what, exactly what each one means to me. So when I'm looking at these decisions now, they become a lot easier. Are they in my in my code? Do they fit in my value system? Yes or no? Boom. If no, well, why am I doing it? Right. If yes, can I improve it? Is it broken? Can I fix what's broken? What's working? What isn't? You know? Yeah. How And, how, and if I can't fix it, well, then... Why am I doing that? You know, stop, stop doing that part of it. But you only get that if you step out. Right. Yeah, that's hard. So that's like, I'm trying to think of a good example. Going to Band of Brothers is a good example. So, um, one of our classic go-tos on the show. Captain Dick Winters in the beginning of the series. I think he was a lieutenant at the time, but you know, he goes from a platoon leader in easy company to the battalion commander in not a very long time. Um, And he, so I won't make this too long, but as a platoon leader, he was leading assaults and in assaults and supporting assaults. But then as a battalion commander, so the further you go up in the rank in most organizations, it's just like this, you become more strategic. So you're, you lose less of that day to day, um, which is good and bad because that means you're steering the ship. You're not tying all the knots. Um, in the, uh, the Dick Winters example, he was directing where the companies, how they would assault a town, not what his platoon would do in a assault directed by another battalion commander does that make sense oh yeah so it removes you from the trench to look at the whole picture the stakes are much higher than two more lives are dependent on on your word right right obviously yeah that's a byproduct of so the span of control is still in effect he was leading the company commanders Mm -hmm. who then had platoon leaders who then they disseminated information to um but he obviously had more men under him but he there's that scene when they're um trying to go into foy yeah and he he wants to go in right badly he's like a dog on a chain right and the brigade commander has to tell him that i know you have a connection to easy company but you cannot go down there you do not have a choice right and so then he's forced to 
um, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. He's forced to quickly on the spot identify a resource and exploit it, and he does. And that's the mark, obviously, of a good leader, but in hindsight. But what I'm getting at is um, with that, you lose sight uh, if you're too close to it, if you're only doing the trench warfare, if you're only firing the gun. Sure you're not going to be able to see what the company commander or battalion commander's mission is, and you're not going to be able to support it. But as you continue to move up, right, you need to step back in order to manipulate the bigger picture. You need to step back from the day-to-day. But even beyond that, with this, like a sabbatical, um, so if we're taking it out of the combat uh, uh, example, and we're talking about regular life, like you need to be able to work on personal things um and there's a bunch of research about taking these tactical pauses um there's actually some companies that offer paid and unpaid yeah sabbaticals but um it allows you to work on personal goals so it takes you out of that it allows you to um rediscover old interests uh connect with family or friends you know, explore new ideas that you could possibly use in that career, or maybe it's time for a pivot, um, travel, reinvest in yourself, mm-hmm. getting fit or well, mm-hmm. um, do re- your retirement planning, or if you're having kids, you know, set up savings accounts for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing planning for the future, doing wills, stuff like that, taking care of, making sure your parents, they're in order. Like you, these are the things you can't really get done Monday through Friday, right? Or on the weekend even. Um, it can allow you to plan, um, do special projects, take care of any family needs. Um, but it it also can help you clarify your priorities, which is I think the main thing that we're talking about here. Right. Um, it debrides. It allows you time to debride. Um, what's urgent from what's important. I think that, and that is the true benefit of having the courage to step back because in our culture, I think, I think it's almost seen as perhaps being weak when you need to step off the line and look around. But really, like you so eloquently put it, it is a tactical pause of what you need to do to come back even stronger, better, uh, from a better direction. Yeah. You know, uh, not everything's a nail. You don't have to be a hammer. Right. So. And, you know, there's vacation and stuff, but a lot of times. You'll take a week vacation and, and say to yourself, I need a vacation from that. Yeah. Because you're, it, everything's so forced, you know? Right. You're I firmly n- believe that, too. I mean, I... I you're not able to cultivate any depth on no. anything. It's I'll take it. That's a timeout for me. That's not, that's, that's not a tactical pause. That, a week of vacation right. and hustling and bustling somewhere, that's, you're, you've, you're on another schedule, most likely, um, and you're trying to cram in... Right. A, a year's worth of experiences in one week. Right. So you can go back to work. Hectic. Right. I'm I'm all about trying to feed a larger experience and seeing that. Um, 
if you can if we can manage it together when you're on on a team at work you know like how can we make this at, at the end of the day you're not going to say you know what i really wish i would have worked a little bit more you know yeah it's, it's not i mean we we go to work to have experiences you know yeah there are some people that we want to we want to work so we can live not live to go to work right i mean unless it's a, i guess if it's an amazing super amazing job <coughs> I, I don't i don't know I well don't know. some people are tied to their identities tied to what they do and i often feel like that for myself to be honest with you like um as i get older it, it's not as prevalent anymore but you know um i was a gym owner i was a the, the bar t- i'm not my job i'm not bartender you know, I'm not writer, you know, I'm just me. And yeah. These are, these are pieces of my journey. That's all. That is As hard, I get though, older. I think. Right. As younger me would not have have understood that. Well, I think I, some jobs, I think, some jobs are jobs. Some some are careers, some are lifestyles. Mm-hmm. I think I've, um, whether good or bad, mostly bad probably. I think I've gravitated towards the jobs that are lifestyles or have allowed for a lifestyle. I So uh, I think that's most important. I think if your career choices, if your work fits in with your lifestyle choices, that's why I think values are so important. I think you'll be a lot happier uh, or feeling more successful as a human being because you understand yourself. You understand where you're most effective. You understand how to give back in the right way. And you understand what it takes for you to constantly keep that energy up. So if you're in the wrong career choice, if you're constantly at work complaining about the job or complaining about the people at the job, um, it's time for you to look in the mirror and figure out what your values are so you can make the next right decision, not just bounce to another job. Because the problem's not work. The problem's you. Right. It's not the job. It's you that's the problem. Like if you're miserable and you're not changing anything, it's you. Right, and so if you don't know where to change and you're just going to bounce the next thing, you're going to be just as miserable. Yeah. Maybe not right away, but in six to months to a year when you know everybody and know the job again, you're going to be the same miserable person. So you have to know yourself first and know what you want, and then you have to have the balls to go get it. Yeah, so there's some objectiveness. There's some honesty that's necessary. There's, there's some courage. some deliberateness that's necessary. Right, um, but you have to take time. You have to take a step back to, to do it. invest in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all a fruitless um, and people, people, endeavor. A lot of people say um, that that can be selfish, and, and I don't understand that because if you take time for yourself <coughs> at the beginning, in the beginning you might have to take more time for yourself than some people will understand before you start figuring out your rhythm. But if you take time for yourself each day in some manner, you're more effective everywhere else for everybody else. If you take time to cultivate your mission, your plans – the way you're motivated, doing something for your wellness, whatever that may be. See, I have a devil's advocate argument against this. Yeah. Um, uh, the selfishness argument. Mm-hmm. You ready? I'll go. Okay, so two things. Like I said earlier, it can allow you to work on personal things like planning for your family's retirement or taking care of your parents or connecting with old friends. Like that's, I don't find any of that selfish. So it can allow you to do those things that are necessary for future growth. And two, you know, we did this in the Army. We we didn't have sabbaticals, but we took block leave. 
So, um, <clears throat> well, okay, so when we, when we were deployed and we were medics, um, they would send one medic at a time on leave. So the other medics had to fill in. So we were getting, it was the same, excuse me, it was the same job, but it, we had to come together to cover for the one that was out. So the the example that's coming to mind is when I had to cover for my superior, I had to use those other medics. They all, I had to step in as the superior medic, not the superior, um, the senior medic. And then I needed their assistance to, you know, because I didn't have the skill level of the senior medic and they know that and it was communicated clearly. But while he was gone on that, we'll call it a, a sabbatical or whatever. It was block leave. It was a couple weeks or a few weeks. Um, we didn't have a choice. So we had to work together uh, in order to cover for that senior medic. And that made us much more skillful, arguably, and resourceful and um, ingenuity. Uh, we had to... Up know, the ingenuity? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, in order to cover all those tasks that he was doing that we may or may not have known about at the time. Did he give you more respect for him when he came back? Yeah, too? absolutely. Right. But it also, so us having, being forced to step up, whether we wanted to or not, you know, had nothing to do with it. It made us all better medics yeah. in his absence. Mm -hmm. um, so him taking that leave, it was beneficial to him, but it was also beneficial to the entire unit. Right. Because we were all forced to be better medics. So, like, here's a prime example. The senior line medic's leaving. He's a bit of a security blanket for us or a mm -hmm. safety net. So now all of us have to step up. So, well, the first thing I'm going to do is push information down to the guys so that if anyone gets hit, they can care for each other. Mm -hmm. So now's a good time to go over refresher classes, if you know, given the time or mm -hmm. whatever. Or just meet with them individually and say, hey, do you have any questions? Let's go over the tourniquet one more time or whatever. So now all those guys are getting more information, getting refreshed. That kind of stuff's in the front of their mind as opposed to it being covered before we deployed or whatever. You know what right. I mean? So the whole unit's readiness arguably was elevated, right, because that senior medic went on leave. So the entire unit was in a better position, not because he was gone. But because we were forced to accommodate in his absence. Him being gone raised your skill set. All of ours. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have a choice. Right. Well, you did. Well, I guess so. But that would be un-American if you went the other way. <laughs> it could have been. It was detrimental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that that's what I'm saying, I guess. Like, And I think it's that way with... Well, I, I won't go down a rabbit hole. I think what... We'll, I mean, we constantly get into, we talk about a lot of paradoxes in the show. You know, there's the paradox of that vulnerability can actually makes you stronger, in our opinion. Right. Discomfort actually makes you happier because you're progressing towards something. And perhaps taking these tactical breaks can actually make you more effective at what you're trying to do. Yeah, I agree. You know, so, and... A team that is properly prepared, not micromanaged, properly prepared to 
rely on the skill set you've given them to rise to whatever opportunities come their way. Right. They're not challenges, they're opportunities. Whatever comes their way, then you, you're doing your job. You should train yourself to be replaceable. You know? You should, in my opinion, I get it. Not everybody's going to be able to do what you do, but somebody else can do what you do in their own way. Right. They you know? Might. Can they cover the foundational principles of what you do and carry on the good that you've begun? Because then they have their own art, their own human in that, you know, their own poet that they have to unleash on the universe and, and kind of do it their way. Otherwise, it's you creating robots, you know, and that's not effective right so in this whole idea of taking this hiatus this sabbatical this tactical break um jake and i talked about it and we are going to put the podcast on a tactical pause while we um upfit it to be honest with you right you're going to reorganize on our on our, on our back end and come back with back end and front end yeah yeah, we're doing a lot. We're gonna we're gonna get under the hood and and maybe get a new vehicle. Yeah, you know. So um, the break for for us is a, a regrouping, a reorganization um, of the material that we want to bring out to you guys. Who um, thank you for listening, and then uh, make the program. Uh, I would say better. I'm looking for a ten times better. Oh, I'm looking wow. for a 10 times factor. Um, not just as a number, but, you know, I think the base that we've built over the last two years of doing this, um, I see a lot of places that this thing can just go skyrocketing and hopefully offer a better, you know, a, a better value to the folks who are listening. Um, that's kind of the goal. But to do that, you take a break. Yeah, because so currently we're recording every week and uh, <clears throat> working many jobs and maintaining that's fine, but it's not allowing us to the time or the energy, more importantly, to um, to step back and improve this. Mm -hmm. So we kind of feel like we're just maintaining it, but we want to improve it. And in order to do that, we have to step back. Yeah. yeah and then re-deliver. Maintenance is boring. I mean, it's necessary. We're working on the menu, basically, at a restaurant. <laughs> right. Right. It is necessary, and it is boring. But we're getting a new engine dropped in. Yeah. I mean, we're going to blow this. Mo ah! Yeah. So we're going to be without our high-end car for a little while. Uh, that's fine. Put it in the shop. Right. That's the best way to look at it, yeah. I think. Put it in the shop. Um, do you have anything else you want to add on tactical breaks, hiatuses, sabbaticals, um, your handsomeness? Probably, um, I'm going to have to go back to driving my Plymouth Horizon. <laughs> so beaut. I might not get the girls this summer. <laughs> your wife will be happy about while that. While we're on our tactical break. But, um, I don't, you know, I've had friends that, um, in the corporate America side of, like I said, in the military, we got block leave, and those could be viewed as sabbaticals, um, uh -huh. especially when we were doing rotations. Um, when everyone did leave at one time, that's different. But even then, you know, obviously, the military uses it, and they go longer than a week at a time. It, it was two weeks usually, twice a year, that we would get 
in training. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we only got that one year. But anyway, um, guys in corporate America, I know uh, a handful of friends that have just taken sabbaticals. They get to a point in their career and, you know, they're burn out, I guess, or they want something new or... You just lose focus of what's really important, I think. Sometimes you get lost in the minutia. Yeah, I guess I won't speak for their motives to take their sabbaticals, but they've right. taken them several times over the times that I over the years that I've been friends with them. Right. They are known to take sabbaticals right. from work. They're not professors, but that's another great example. Is in academia, they give sabbaticals all the time. Um, and there are. I think more and more companies that are offering unpaid and paid sabbaticals. Right. Um, but it it allows for, you know, acquisition of perspective, rejuvenation, um, planning for the future, um, reprioritizing. Uh, the benefits far outweigh the the negative i think um if you're not let's i'll just qualify that if you're not if you're using it for rejuvenation or whatever that means to you you know because i can see even if it's to find something different right i mean it, it should be not um I guess what I'm saying is, and, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm just putting my, my focus on it, but it, it should be a, a way to um, collect more experiences, you know, over that sabbatical. Maybe, you know, maybe you need a couple of days where I don't want to do jack, but sleep and, oh, you know, yeah. watch and binge, <coughs> binge watch right. Netflix. But, you know, after two or three days of that, you know, hopefully there's some fire back underneath you to to want to go produce or, or consume things that will help you produce Later, you know, consume experiences, um, you know, enjoy nature, enjoy people, um, get out, you know, wherever that, wherever that comfort zone is, get out of it, you know, take that trip, you know, do that thing, whatever it is, um, start that art project, whatever stirs. Right. Learn a language. Yeah. Again, the, the, the poet in you, whatever stirs that. Write the screenplay. Spirit in you. Yeah. Why not? Well, nobody will buy it. You don't know that, Brad. What difference does it make? Yeah, you've talked to yourself out of it long enough. Now's yeah. the time. Put the stuff on words of paper. Just try. Um, yeah, so I won't speak for why those guys have done it, but they've gotten to a point several different times where, and some of them do contract work, and you know mm-hmm. they get to a point where they're just, that contract's done, So, and they don't, you know, they're they've saved enough. Mm-hmm. at that point where they just take three to six to nine months off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they spend time with family. They travel, they, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, they network, they find a job in Seattle and the, they find out they like Seattle and kayaking. Mm-hmm. And so then they get an apartment out there, you know, different things. It's right. like, that's just an, that's a hypothetical. That's not even a real example, but it's interested that that's where you went. Well, I, I lived there at one point. That's you like I, it out there? I do. The air is so... Pacific Northwest is nice. The air is Bro, so I've never, clean. Like, it looks so cool. I've never been out that smells. hot. I've never been in that part of the country. Oh, let's go. But it looks freaking amazing. I'd love to take the girls camping up there and just go 
sit under gigantic trees. It is awesome. Along the coast, go see some so wrestle Seattle's, a bear. I've always wanted to kill a bear with my bare hands. The last time we were up there, <laughs> Seattle's it's it's like San Francisco. It's becoming like this. I don't know. So the city's a little different, but um, anywhere around it, it was awesome. I, especially if you don't have to work outside because it's gray a lot, you know. Everyone's more annual rainfall in New York City. From That's what I understand, but it is gray a lot there. With and you know I like flannel. Handle. There you go. And then I've always wanted to go up to Vancouver. I've never been there. So that, that People are like, you lived out there for four years and you never went to Vancouver? Yeah. I yeah, hear that's an amazing, sorry. amazing city. Yeah, you can just guys would always shoot right across and go snowboarding. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah. What the hell was that? Anyway, so they they'll go on these sabbaticals and do the things that you know. So that it's basically intervals. They sprint for years at their job, and then they get to a point where they're like, "All right, I got to back down." Right. And so they do. My sprint pace is falling. Yeah. But that's, I've always been envious. Not that they have that time off, but that they have the ability to look within and say, you know what? I need a break. Right. I've always admired that. Yeah. That honesty and that objectiveness. And then the, the boldness or whatever it is to, to be fine with whatever judgments come with that. Yeah. well, they're happy. That when you're when you're happy, you don't really care wh- what judgments fall against you. Right. So you're happy. You know, this it doesn't is matter. Leading to a bigger <laughs> conversation about what this the culture of this world is currently. Mm-hmm. Like, but happiness is it seems to be uh, second or third, as opposed our, to you know status uh, things. But look at our look at Mike. Look bikes. at our, look at look at our friend Mike. You know, um, oh, right. he's, he's in, jeez, oh, I can't even, I think he went to Tai, where'd he go? Uh, the Pacific. Shoot. Anyway, Mike travels three or four times a year, <coughs> takes his breaks. One of the, one of the happiest guys I know, you know. He definitely, so one. he does it on a smaller level, but he definitely sprints. Right. For he's months got, at a time. Yeah, he's got. And then am- he's gone. Amazing energy, but that's how he. Ke- I think how that's how he keeps up that energy level, and then he just goes and trades in some experiences and comes back and gets back to work and, you know, crushes it and. Yeah. I mean, the guy's amazing. Agreed. You know, but um, but those are his choices. He's made those choices. You know, people. I wish I could do that. Well, that's not going to do anything. Make it happen. <laughs> Hope is not a course of action. Right. You can do those things. No, I can't. Yes, you can. You have to figure out how to. Right. So if you need a sabbatical, if you need a tactical pause, take one. And don't worry about what everybody else thinks. It'll be fine. The but world will continue to revolve. But so let's just qualify that with be deliberate. And don't abandon your responsibilities <laughs> in order to do that. So yeah, that's, plan accordingly. Yeah, that's, account for that's a good call. Uh, you know, loss of income. Uh, yeah, let's be let's be or supplement your income, or you know, figure out a way. Right. You don't 
say, oh, I'm on a sabbatical, and Woo! the wife and daughter can figure it out on yeah, their own. That's not, yeah. I, we do have to say that. You're right. We do have I'm to. going to San Diego, bitches. Yeah, that's not how it works. <laughs> I guess I, you could be. That's it. That is a choice. That could be how it works, but yeah, I don't. you might not like the results of that. Don't just do it on a whim, I guess is what I meant, and then don't abandon responsibilities. That's, so that's, I think that's the difference between um, a, static, a sabbatical, a hiatus, or, and, you know, a, a, a tactical pause is that it's premeditated. Right. I think you, you're doing it with an intention. It could take a year for you to right. allow yourself and the first to one, do that. Right. Might not go like you thought it would. Right. You know, you'll learn a lot from the – our buddy Mike has got this stuff dialed now. Yeah. Like he is just a ninja with this stuff. But um, but you got to get in the ring to figure it out. That's just that, – that's, that's the way life goes. You got to get in the arena. I was reading some article about a guy who um, made $50,000 a year at 23. Um, and he planned, you know, at the end of this year or, you know, in a year, I'm going to go on a sabbatical in a year. He was able to save $15,000 Awesome. and then he quit his job or went on this leave and lived on $25 a day. It got him through 11 months. And then he took up a part-time job. I don't know, teaching in China or something. Mm -hmm. And he used that to continue to living. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's just transformed continuously for the last two and a half years. But look how he reverse engineered the choice. Again, it was a deliberate decision. I need. I want to take a sabbatical. I'm going to make all the choices that allow me to save up fifteen. Th- I'm going to live off thirty-five thousand dollars. Yeah. Right. Probably less because with taxes. Right. You know, I'm making all these decisions. I'm not going out with my friends. I'm not right. burning money on food right. and drinks. I'm saving up all my money so I can go have this experience. Right. And then once you can have this experience, oh, I really don't need all the stuff that they tell me I need. Right. I can literally live off this much, and I'm fine. And if I need to pick up another gig, I go teach English in a foreign country. Right. You know? Like, um, and it's simple for him. After a while, when you don't need all the stuff, it becomes simple. It Would it be harder with a family? I don't know. It depends on how your family operates. You can find a way. I know families that travel in definitely and don't have yeah there are groups um individuals that do that as well i'm not i'm not advocating for gypsies becoming a gypsy or anything but i'm saying do you yeah i mean you can make a good living these days if you're willing to do the work in an online business or as an author or as a photographer or whatever but you can do that from anywhere Anywhere. and you can travel the world even and Mm -hmm connect to the internet and submit your work and live, live the dream that's your and dream. then receive your check and go to the next country yep. leo jenkins is a good example of that and marty scovlin they're, they're two former rangers they write they travel jenkins is putting out a new book on poetry, poetry yeah kind of excited to read that i am too i'd still like to get him on the show i would too i haven't heard back from him yet I will follow it up. He's been traveling a lot, it looks like. He has. He has a daughter now. Good for him. All right, anything else? Uh, Not for me. Gang, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. Yeah, but we have about 80 shows. Even even better, right. That If you haven't listened to all of them yet, go for it. And I think we could do that each week. We'll kind of do a greatest hit selection throughout, you know, and kind of reboot. Why don't we do that? I like it. So... 
we're not we're not leaving. We're we're taking a sabbatical. We'll each week we'll kind of do our we'll do our greatest hits episodes and kind of throw out um, old episodes that you may or may not have heard. Maybe you missed them and see what you think. Thanks for all the comments. Thanks for all the support. We do have a book to give away. Yes. So somebody won the Daily Stoic book. We're we're gonna sign a copy of that and get your mailing address and then stalk you and make sure that you're legit and then and then demand photos on social media right. that you received it right we're gonna come to your house it's gonna be weird maybe so just get ready <laughs> now that we have all this time <laughs> we'll be traveling <laughs> all right gang we love you take care Later. thank you so much for listening everybody don't forget to visit us on our website at convictiontraining.com Check us out on iTunes or subscribe to us on SoundCloud for all the latest Conviction Strong episodes. And remember, in every obstacle, there is opportunity. Be the person in the arena, not the critic on the sidelines. Have a great week and give out a couple of hugs and high fives along the way. See you out there.